Bible. Here's your good friend, A.A. Ron. Hope everyone is doing well. It is January 19th, 2024. It's nice and cold. What is the temperature, y'all? They tricked us, man. It started warming up a little bit. Temperature. According to my phone, it is six degrees outside, y'all. The high is expected to be 11 degrees. Tomorrow is going to be 14, 33 on Sunday. Man, it won't start getting above the 30s or 40s until Sunday. And all next week is supposed to be in the 30s and 40s. But today, tomorrow is cold. Ah, anyway, I was supposed to be out. I'm so over this cold. I was supposed to be out driving. Um, I was going to drive last night after I did some grocery shopping. I was like, you know what? I'm still tired from driving like crazy yesterday. So I was like, I'll just wait. I'll just drive in the morning. And now I, I was supposed to be out up and out by like 3 30 4 a.m and it's like not not happening i keep looking at myself in the mirror lately and don't like the look of my hair it's at that it's weird this is what i don't like about myself i care too much about what people think um so when i signed up for this keller williams real estate stuff I had these events to go to a Christmas party that Keller Williams was having. This is this happened like the night that I like signed up to even do Keller Williams and they sent me all the login and login information to study for my Kaplan stuff, whatever. Those who have gone through Keller Williams training recently, you know what I'm talking about anyway. So that very night that I signed up, met one of the main ladies that runs the office there. Um, She's like, oh, we have this Christmas party. You're more than welcome to come. So I go I, I go to the Christmas party. And there, my hair looked all right. I don't even know what it was doing. I don't know if I had like a fade. I think I had like a little bit of a fade going. It, but it, my hair was longer. It was, a, it, it was a pretty long. It was getting pretty long. And then this one dude invited me to another Christmas party. Like the... And, down in Lock Lloyd with even more white people. Uh, all that shaking hands, greeting white folks. So I decided before that party to like trim my hair down kind of low. And still left a little bit on top. Cut down the side, faded the sides. And ever since I did that, I just don't like my hair. Like I almost want to go back to being bald again. But nah, I don't know. It's... Men who have no hair get judged pretty harshly, which I shouldn't even care about that. I shouldn't care. I've been I've been bald my entire life. That was has been my look. Anyway, uh everyone said I Kobe, Kobe. Anyway, phobe, phobe. Uh so anyway, I've been thinking about just letting it grow because my hair is actually very nice when it like grows out. And it twists, it does this whole twisty thing, and it's pretty cool. It, like, spirals. 
and it looks almost like an Ethiopian hair or whatever. Like guys, have you ever seen a guy who's Ethiopian and seen his hair like it's all grown out? It's like it spirals. And anyway, I should just let it do that. But uh, just it's weird. I don't like this stage, and I don't like this way the sides look. So I'm gonna leave it on time. I'm gonna fade the sides. I ordered some new these really cheap clippers on a uh, uh, Tamu. For the first time, I ordered something on Tamu. See how that goes. Uh, and so those won't be here in time for me to use. It probably won't be here till tomorrow or maybe Monday. I don't know. They take forever. Uh, but, <sighs> but I'm going to at least. Uh, I'm going to try not to cut myself with my razor. I have these like this like sharp blade. Uh, lately I've been cutting myself every time I use it but anyway I'm gonna go ahead and fade my hair use the blade trim it all up yeah cause who is that that said Dion if you look good you play good yeah if you look good you feel good you feel good you play good something like that because lately, I feel like I'm just existing. What else? I'm back to talking to Lisa McDowell. I deleted her number. But then I somehow dug it out. Found like an old text message from her. The exchange, the, the text threads. And, uh... She sent me this video of her and her mom. They're in Branson right now celebrating her birthday. Her birthday's in January, a few days after my mom's. It's weird. Like, Chanel's not like a... Chanel loves God, loves Jesus. She just... She's not a hardcore Christian. And something about that kind of... I'm drawn to. It's... I don't know. I'm it's weird. I'm kind of drawn to women who are not hardcore Christians because I don't feel as judged by them. That's a whole nother discussion for another day. Um because I'm already hard on myself. I am like the biggest like freaking one of the things I struggle with is being very legalistic. And I go through these periods of time where I just like throw stuff away. I like, I'm talking about like anything that's secular. Like, I pretty much to be tossing out, getting rid of. I got rid of my projector and my. And it's a whole nother discussion. This this more of a talk to have with, with a therapist. Maybe not on here, but yes, I deal with legalism already. Anyway, so I'm back to talking to Lisa McDowell. There's a part of me. In, if it would be a dream outside of getting back with my ex-wife, which I don't know, I don't think that would ever happen. That would be a miracle. Um, and even then, I don't think I would want that. There's a part of me that desires to be friends with my ex-wife again, though. That would be cool. At least that. But I don't know how I could be friends with her and eventually not want to have, you know, have relations. I, I don't know how to, people do that with any woman. Um, anyway, there's this part of me that it would be awesome to be with with Lisa McDowell. 
Of course, that's not her real name. What's funny is her mom's name is Lisa. <laughs> uh, but anyway, she she reminds me of Lisa McDowell from Coming to America. Anyway, speaking of light skin beauty, uh, beauties, somebody just posted on TikTok. I got back on TikTok. Uh, this darks talking about like being dark skin in the 90s and 2000s was like felt like you were living in 1925 or something like that, like the slave slavery days i was like wow because they were talking about just how light-skinned folks got preferential treatment and the light-skinned girls got all the valentines and ooh, valentines valentimes i like to say valentimes uh day is coming up uh this 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 would be a per outside of there's like a few windows when you can like catch women you can like snatch a woman up real quick uh before hot girl summer comes and they go back to being single or just living their single lives and say i must do me uh hot girl summer you can catch them right before the holidays because they usually want to boo to to be a plus one um yeah at the family events at the thanksgiving and the christmases and all that kind of stuff and they usually want them yeah right before it gets really cold they want somebody to keep them warm to cuddle with in the cold months uh and then before valentine's day they usually want to boo before Valentine's. This is the cuffing period. This is like National Dating Signing Day. Signing Day. Um, like like you know in college they, there's like these National Signing Days where you sign with a with a team. Here, yeah, these are these signing periods. Anyway, um, what else? I had some wild dreams today. I won't share them, but they were kind of weird very weird and one of them i was talking to my head like my head was just my head it was cut off and it was just sitting there on this bed in this room and i was like hey i was saying something about how i read the bible i, I read scriptures and it was my head was looking at me like so and how's that gonna help you now uh and then there was what else let's just say there was this woman in my dream that was trying to do some stuff to me that was not a uh, sanctified and holy and I wouldn't let her do it I was about to then I was like nah I don't feel right about this and then what happened oh the, she was saying to her friend it was like her and some guy were in the room and she was like there goes the blind man Yeah, that was weird, but I woke up kind of like all thrown off when I woke up. My dreams were so weird. I had some other strange dreams. It was a nice break, though, from having my dad in my dream. My pops are showing up in my dreams like a lot lately. And then my former wife, she appeared in a lot of my dreams. But anyway, we've talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, we're about to get to this word, Mark chapter 5. I just got to get a few things off my chest. I was talking to this lady the other day, one of my riders. She is a therapist 
for like she said 90 percent of her clients are court appointed people and these are mainly like couples that keep fighting in court over custody disputes and just divorce stuff and the judge will order them to counseling to see her so we had a good little talk and i was just sharing with her how my podcast is a huge form of therapy for me outside of the counselor that i see every every uh every week so i encourage y'all i say it all the time start your own podcast y'all it doesn't have to be bible based but if you incorporate some type of bible in there i think it will help out a lot it's something about this because i can talk to my brother everybody only has so much of a capacity to listen to your you ramble right or you talk about getting stuff off your chest even a therapist they can only listen to so much um a lot of times they will only limit you to an hour right um humans were not designed to listen to someone for hours share their most deepest intimate intimate secrets and problems and challenges and hurts and pains and struggles and all that it just we're not wired that way like there's a capacity to all of us we can only take so much especially the more trauma and pain you dealt with so i can there's things i can share with my brother but there's limitations to that i can tell when he's tired and not really in the mood to talk or when he got his own stuff going on or yeah he takes a while sometimes to respond to messages not nothing wrong with that i I know he'll eventually listen to them and get back to me but he has a capacity he has his own stuff right um my buddy gabriel he can only he out of everybody is one of the few people that i can like share a lot of stuff and ramble for hours and he'll listen but even he has capacity, right? He has his own life and things going on. Um, lady friends that I've encountered, usually, man, they, most women I end up attracting don't really have the time to really, like my ex-wife, she'd always be like, no long stories. And I think that's one of the things that bothered me so much about her looking back on it is if you really love me, you'll listen to my long stories. You'll listen to me ramble. Um, I mean, the good thing is she taught me the art of being able to, like, consolidate things and to package things in a way, package things that I'm saying in a way that people can digest and know how to edit things as I talk. Um, what else? Anyway, this last young lady I'm also talking to, Tay-Tay. I recently went back to her. She doesn't like to hear my long stories. Red flag. Um, anyway, it's interesting. Most of us look at like finances or whether or not somebody has a kid, whether or not somebody lies, 
character traits, financial flaws, all that kind of, we look at that kind of stuff for those kind of red flags, but rarely do you hear about people talking about, oh, does this person have the ability to, does this person even care about what I have to say? If you, like, yeah, that is a huge red flag for me on the front end, like, but somehow I end up still being attracted to women like that. I almost see it as a, as a challenge. I don't know. I'm a hot mess, y'all. This I was just thinking recently, this single life, man, is wearing on me. It really is. It's wearing on me bad. The other day, I, like, gave in to, how to say, masturbation. I, I was like, all right, it's not going to look at anything. Not going to look at anything. And, um... It's like God, I don't, I don't know how much longer I can just keep doing this every day in and day out. I have not been with a woman intimately kissed and all that other stuff like in over a year, and I haven't had actual sex since August sixteenth, two thousand nineteen, and sometimes. I'll think about myself and I look at my situation. I'm like, this is not normal. This is not normal. Not just not. I hate to use the word normal. Like this is not healthy for me, especially mainly because I'm 36 years old, still in my sexual prime. I don't have the gift of singleness. I don't No, That's not me. Mm mm. I was married for 11 years and and we were together for 13. And that is, even though as time went on, as the longer we were married, the amount of sex just kept decreasing, which is a bad sign. The thing, yeah. Once y'all, like my brother says, once y'all stop doing that, it's all downhill from there. Um, That's like one of the big thermometer, thermometer, thermometers? Am I saying it right? Thermometer. Anyway, thermometers of a relationship. When y'all stop doing that, and part of it, yeah, the more kids we had, just life just be kicking you behind. Finances be kicking you behind. Just childhood traumas and anxiety and depression and devil comes to kill, still and destroy. Plain and simple, and just be kicking you behind. Before you know it, you're not sleeping together as much and begging for stuff. And you barely, the only time you get anything special is on your birthday and sometimes Father's Day, maybe Christmas. And then before you know it, you find yourself in the divorce court. Anyway, here I am, single man, 36 years old, going on 37. I need to find, I need to get a wife. I almost am ready to just be like, hey, find somebody. But hey, here's my situation. I'm working on it. Are you willing to sign up for this while I work on it? Or at least start working towards being in a relationship with me while we in this, and then, yeah. I almost, I'm ready to, like, I almost am ready to just find somebody, but hey, let's go to the justice of the peace. 
and we'll figure everything else out later. Are you cool with that? I'm cool with that. Let's just do it and see where and let's just see where this goes. But yeah, I gotta at least get some of my my fin some of my finances a little bit better under control. They were a lot better last year ago, year and a half ago. My financial situation was looking a lot better. Now it sucks. It absolutely sucks. But I know I'm gonna be out of it in no time. I'm believing it by faith. So anyway, let's go ahead and wrap up this podcast so I can get my black behind out here and go pick up some more, get cut my hair and pick up some more people and pray for a miracle. Oh, that dude on my last podcast or the podcast before I brought up that dude that was like, are you ready for your miracle? And yeah, my brother reminded me he is on um this J. Cole track on Born Center Top Song no Top Albums. Kearney Thomas, I think that's how you say his name. Pastor Kearney Thomas. Yes. Where is it? It's track number two. Yeah, the Kearney Thomas skit. A Kearney sermon. K-E-R-N-E-Y. Yeah. I think his name, last name is Thomas. Kearney Thomas. Anyway, look up Pastor Kearney and stuff will come up. Be like, God, are you ready for your miracle? Something like that, he would say. All right, let's get to the word if I say some more crazy stuff. But y'all pray for me, man. I'm struggling big time. Like, it's almost like I didn't plan very well. Like, I didn't have, like, a post-divorce plan. I just been kind of winging it. And, I mean, I have goals written down. Every year I write down different goals and some of them are attainable and some of them I have accomplished and shoot just the fact that I am alive right now is a miracle and how yeah Ooh, that coach assistant coach for the Warriors recently had a heart attack and he's only like 46 years old and I just been thinking like man so I'm 36 let's just say I only had 10 more years right I really got to keep my stress levels down, y'all. Like, there's times where I'll be dealing with chest pains. They kind of come and they go. I haven't had any in a while, thank God. But I'm like, I got to keep these stress levels down. It's one of the reasons why, main reason I haven't gotten, like, a regular job. Some people look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm like, these jobs are stressful. And the ones that pay more money... It's like the ones that don't pay very much are stressful and you stress out because most of your check my check is getting taken out by child support. And then, yeah, you got to then you got to go work a second job. 
Or you can get one of these like $80,000 jobs and be super stressed out. And just, I don't know, man, life, just pick your heart. Pick your heart. I'd rather just keep on driving this dang on car and putting out these poems online and putting out this podcast and somehow, some way, I'm gonna be on my country Wayne grammar here pretty soon. Y'all gonna be like, remember when Aaron was just remember when Aaron was doing this, Aaron doing that? And I pray to God I at least get to enjoy enjoy some of those years of when I finally start making some real money and I'm debt free and I can at least have at least five to ten year window of just of 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 happiness. I want to experience love and happiness at least one more time before I leave this earth. Can I experience that, Lord? Just this one more time. I know the Christian life isn't all about happiness. There's challenges, there's struggle, there's all the pain, there's sadness, there's hurt, there's loss. But there are these glimpses of love and happiness, you know? And I want to experience as many of those as possible. Is that, is that a lot to ask? I don't think it is. All right, the country of the Gadarenes. How long is this? Ooh, 43 verses. Let's see if we can get this done in less than... We only got 35 minutes. Oh, come on. Now my phone is spazzing out. All right, here we go. Mark chapter 5, KJV, the country of the Gadarenes. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. When is dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. This is pretty creepy. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried out with cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Now it's interesting that even this unclean, this guy with this unclean spirit was immediately drawn to worship God, to worship Jesus. And he asked him, him, what is thy name? Does anybody find that kind of strange that Jesus would ask this man? What is his name? Now, is he talking to the man or is he talking to the unclean spirit? It seems like he's talking to the unclean spirit. Why would he ask this unclean spirit what is its name? Like, doesn't isn't he Jesus? Isn't he omniscient? Doesn't he already know the unclean spirit's name? Anyway. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. 
that would that that is kind of crazy. That is ain't just one demon, but it's a bunch of demons in this man. Makes you wonder how many people are walking around here. And I've heard it said, you know, there's a whole debate in the Christian circles. Can a Christian be demon possessed or oppressed? And there's a lot of people that believe that Christians can't be demon possessed, but they can be oppressed. And at the end of the day, I always say, I'm like, possess, oppressed at the end of the day is demons. So let's uh, get rid of these jokers. As many as all of them, no spirit, but the Holy Spirit. No spirit, but the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, come, come, come. The biggest difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is at least the Christian has hope. The Christian has an answer. The Christian has a cure. The non-Christian is just going through life, dealing all kinds of crap, and can't really explain it or can't. And doesn't and keeps going to all these um, quack doctors and what do you call in um, searching for a cure when all along their cure is Jesus. Therapists are great, but they can't. They will never replace Jesus. I'm not saying don't go talk to a therapist. But Jesus, they they can they they're just part of they're just part of the healing process, a part of the sanctification process. They're not the end all be all. Jesus is the end all be all. If you have to take pills, vitamins, and yeah, medication, great. But that's not the ultimate cure. Jesus is the cure. Verse 10, and he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. So that just tells you that demons, you can learn a lot about heard a lot of pastors who are into all the deliverance ministry they'll point to this particular scripture a lot to like get their points across and do sermons and explain you know deliverance and all that kind of stuff and how demons work i don't really like sermons like that i'm not a i just i i feel like they're i don't like to give them that much i don't like to give them that much uh i'm not saying we should not expose demons we should not when i say we should not um call stuff out at the same time though i'm not a fan of like giving them that much like attention you know it's hard to describe like i'd rather just talk about jesus let's talk about let's give him all the attention let's give him the glory let's focus on him let's focus on the cure it'd be like sitting around talking about my symptoms all day rather than just being like okay let's get around and talking about the solutions 
So, um, and I feel like sometimes this deliverance ministry stuff, especially lately, has been turned into one big old gimmick. A way to sell more books, get more YouTube views, and get people all, like, hyped up and sensationalized and, like, kind of scared, like a scare tactic into salvations. Scaring people into, like, going to Jesus, like, scaring people into, I don't know, it's, it's to manipulate people. It's, I don't like, I don't like it what i've been seeing a lot lately um like even like some of these prayers that churches are using in their services for deliverance i'm like let's just focus on the word of god the more you spend time in the word of god more time you spend in, in, in intimate prayer with him and spend time in his word and worship like That's what, that's what, that's what, that's where you get your deliverance, you know? Because sanctification is salvation, sanctification, glorification. Sanctification, even salvation is a daily thing. Even though once you give, ask Jesus into your heart, you know, ask him to be your Lord and Savior. I personally don't think you can lose your salvation. At the same time, I'm talking about like eternal security in heaven, right? With Jesus. But as far as like daily, I need his salvation daily from a lot of times for myself. I need his salvation and the sanctification, which is becoming more and more like Jesus. Um, Because I deal with, there's times where I feel depressed. There's times where I feel angry. There's times where I'm filled with lust. And yeah, yoga pants are my kryptonite. And I'm like, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. You know, these yoga pants are a thing for me. I like, anyway, we're not going to go there. We're not going to talk about Aaron's, um, weird kinks and fetishes when I go in there. But, uh, yes, I need his help all the time. And so, anyway, the word of God, having the word of God in you, having the scriptures to say out loud and praying in tongues and worshiping the Lord and just spending time in his word and surrounding yourself with other Christians, like, this is how I fight my battles. Anyway. Uh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. <sighs> Verse 11. Now there was there not. Oh, yes. That's the last point I was going to say. As we can see from here, we learned that demons are very territorial. They don't. They like. They, for some reason, they like. Once they set up shop in the area, they don't like to leave that area i wonder why maybe because they don't get along with other demons i don't know but once they're in an area they don't like to leave there's like a certain that's why I like certain areas they kind of have their flavors like if you go to certain cities they seem to have more mnemonic activity than others 
and there's particular type of crimes that happen in certain cities more than others. Like, St. Louis is the car theft capital of the world, man. Uh, St. Louis, has, yeah, there's, there's a lot of shootings that happen. There's a lot of certain areas. There's more, like, religious crime. Um, there's more, like, sodomy and... Uh, why did I say sodomy? Um, I don't know where they came from. Um, what is the uh, polygamy? That's the word I was thinking of. Like you go to yeah, like Utah, they got polygamy over there. Um, some people think there's nothing wrong with that, but um, certain cities you got Sin City like Vegas. Got New Orleans with the voodoo and stuff. Uh, you got um, California with homelessness, with, or just like the really a lot of mental health stuff, like schizophrenia and bipolar. And um, now I'm not saying everybody that's bipolar or schizophrenic or any of that kind of stuff that they're all demonically possessed. But there is, I believe, an influence there on top of the already chemical imbalances. So anyway, I hope y'all get my point. Um, what I'm trying to say is like it seems like certain areas you can tell like there's more of a demonic presence in these cities. And uh and there's a certain flavor of demonic activity. Verse 11. Now there was there nigh. Yeah, just verse 10 can kind of back that point up. Because he said, and he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Like, Or it could, you could read that to see it, interpret that as maybe... They didn't. They knew if he got if they got cast out of that area, then they would be going back to the abyss. Um. Anyway, there's there's a whole lot of y'all can go read books or watch YouTube videos about this whole concept of like a topic of demons and um their preferences and how they operate and how they need bodies to possess or they need unclean things to possess. I don't get it all. That's above my pay grade. That's Bible calculus. So it's going to keep going. Verse 11. Down there was there nigh unto the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding. Here he goes. Let's keep reading. It's about to get interesting. Got to get juicy. And all the devils besought him saying, send us our demons besought him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. Now, this is interesting because. It was like, it's interesting, just the presence of Jesus made them want to flee. But they're like, because Jesus hasn't said anything about like, oh, he did. Yes. All right. He already told. All right. Interesting. So he's already told the demons to come out of this man that was possessed. Interesting. And now they are unhappy. They have, they're not, they don't have the, yes, they need a body to possess. They have to go somewhere. They need a body. They have to possess somebody or something. So now here they are just out. 
and they have to go somewhere and they have this little bit of time and they're like, hey, Jesus, please don't cast us out of the country. Send us into the pigs. Just keep reading. Now there was near nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding and all the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. How in the world do 2,000 demons possess one man? That is crazy, y'all. That 2,000 demons can possess one man? Anyway, verse 14, and they that fed the swine, they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus, see him and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Mm. And they were afraid. So this is where people would get the assumption that anybody who is deals with any type of mental health challenge, especially like something like schizophrenia or people you just see on the street who've done drugs and have opened themselves up to spirits through pharmacia, through weed, through heroin, through name the drug that you fill in the blank cocaine. These folks, especially the heroin addicts, imagine the heroin addict, and all of a sudden they went from looking like what a heroin addict looks like and talking the way a heroin addict looks like to all of a sudden, boom, in their right mind. Clean clothes, nice haircut, shaved, talking right, like they're ready to go work it. I was about to say Wells Fargo Bank, but... They don't want to go to Wells Fargo. That's filled with demons. We'll say somewhere like, I don't know. What's a good bank? None of them are good. We'll just say U.S. Bank. Boom. That's probably the best out of the big four, big five. Anyway, uh, ready to go preach a sermon, right? Choir boy, church boy. He's in his right mind and they were afraid and they they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine and they began to pray him to depart out of their coast so hey you got to go jesus i like now that's crazy i'm pausing here because there's a lot of stuff here why would you tell jesus to go when he just cast demons out of this man like, where's the compassion? Like, this man is healed now. Which I personally believe, the way I interpret it is, is they were missing, like, always follow the money in every story. When Jesus cast them 2,000 demons out into the pigs, and the pigs committed suicide, it caused the pigs to immediately commit suicide by going into this water. Which is just shows you that demons, their ultimate goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what they do, right? 
they they house a body and then they destroy it, which makes you wonder where the the demons went after that. After the pigs died, they had to go somewhere. Anyway, interesting that they went into water, like they were searching for it to be cleaned. Like demons are unclean and they desire it to be clean. I don't know. Anyway, there's so many thoughts in my brain goes down as I read this and ways you can interpret it. But where's I going? What I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, these people, these farmers or whatever, these people that fed the pigs, they're, I guess they own these pigs. They wanted Jesus gone. They care less about this healed man and care more about the money that they probably made from them pigs. Because pigs, people usually slaughter them. They make money from them. Um, Speaking of that, I should have bought some eggs. I'm thinking about food now. I should have bought some eggs and I could have had a steak and eggs for for breakfast today but oh well i made some steak yesterday all right but um anyway let's keep going it's just wild yes jesus was messing up their money verse 18 and when he was coming to the ship he that had been possessed this is why some people don't a lot of people don't eat pigs or any pork because they're like, that's an unclean animal. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and have compassion on thee. This is another example of healing for the sake of evangelism. How when we, um, when somebody's healed, then and they go tell their testimony to everybody how Jesus healed them. It's a, it's a way of evangelism. Because they're like, hey, tell me more about this Jesus. I want to know Jesus. He healed you. Maybe you he can heal me. Uh, speaking of that, I have a cousin. Please pray. I got a cousin that's kind of on his deathbed right now. My cousin James Hill. Um. my mom's side yeah he's dealing with uh is it colon cancer stage four liver cancer yeah so pray for him for a miraculous healing <sighs> man all right verse 20 and he departed and began to publish in decapolis how great things jesus had done for him and all men did marvel the daughter of Jairus. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him enthroned him now this is interesting because i don't know where the centurion man comes along but y'all know the centurion was like had great faith he's like hey jesus just say the word and my soldier will be healed and he'd be healed his soldier wasn't nearby his soldier was somewhere else he didn't go get jesus and say hey can you come heal my my soldier he said hey i'm a basically a leader in the military and i tell people what to do and they listen so all you got to do is say the word get an order jesus and my soldiers should be healed right 
Yeah, great faith. Like, you don't have to come. You don't have to walk all the way over there. And Jesus was amazed. I heard in a recent um, devotional that I was listening to that that's the only place in the Bible where Jesus, where it says Jesus was amazed by somebody's faith. I'm going to have to go fact check that. But apparently so. So we see the opposite of that here. Here's a man whose daughter is sick. And he's like, hey, Jesus, can you come with me? Come heal my daughter. Instead of saying, hey, Jesus, can you just say the word that my daughter will be healed so when I go back home, she'll be healed. I'm going to save you the trouble. You don't have to walk. You know, I know you in them sandals. And Jesus swooshes, um, <laughs> slippers, swoosh slippers, whatever. I know your feet probably tired, even though you Jesus, son of man, you fully God, fully man. Even, yeah, you fully man as well. So your feet get tired. And Dr. Scholl's... You didn't have Dr. Scholes back then. So don't have to walk. Just say the word. Daughter be healed. Nah, he had that kind of faith. But Jesus still went along. It reminds me of that one book I was telling y'all about in uh, God's Generals. About the one guy who would take busloads of people to go to these healing revivals. And then the people at the revival eventually told him, like, hey, you don't have to keep paying to bring these people here. You can just host your own revivals and people get healed. Watch them get healed where you're right where you're at in your own city. All right, we got 10 minutes, y'all. Verse 25, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood. Twelve years. It's something about that number twelve. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years and has suffered many things of many physicians and has spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. And when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. I don't know why this story keeps coming up. Ever since I was talking to my one friend from uh, my church or whatever and I was talking about how uh, lately all these pastors have been talking the word for the 2024 is the great shaking how God is shaking the earth and everything and spiritually especially spiritually and like if Jesus is not your foundation you're gonna fall off you can, yeah um and he brought up yeah we're just all holding on to the hem of Jesus's garment and ever since he said that, it came up on the Bible app as a devotional. Um, and somehow it just keeps coming up, this story of the woman with the issue of the blood touching the hem of Jesus' garment. And um, I don't really know about y'all, but there's a lot of times I feel like like this woman, like just a number in the crowd trying to press through to Jesus, like, hey, Jesus, you got time to hear what, what's going on with me right now? Can you help me? Can you just heal, like, even just this one area of my life? Like, like, even last week, whenever, at the beginning of the year, when I was, like, super sick, I was like, Jesus, can you just at least take the cough away, heal my body, yeah, the aches, the pains? And uh, thank glory be to God, it went away. I'm still dealing with a little bit of stuffiness, but Hey, I'll take that over what I had going going on last week, last couple weeks. So thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Now, Lord, can we move on to this next thing uh, with these finances? <laughs> Man, I need a miracle. All right. All 
I feel like this woman sometimes. Or, yeah, with this being single and having these sexual desires and wanting to honor God. And it's like, Lord, I need to have my finances in order before I get married again. And I need to be back in my kids' lives consistently before I can get married again. Can you help me in these these areas? And then we can have the trifecta going. Finances cured. Relationships with my kids cured. Aaron finally able to fulfill his sexual desires with his wife cured. Now let's move on to some other bigger fish. Because it never stops. There's always something. As soon as so life is like whack-a-mole, as soon as one area in your life is cured and fixed or dealt with, something else raises its ugly head. This is life. Especially when you start discipling people and really like getting involved in the issues of other people. If you ain't got your own issues, it's somebody else's issue, you know? Anyway, I can relate to this woman. Oh, we got seven minutes. All right. Verse 28. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said. Who touched my clothes? It cracks me up when Jesus be asking these questions that he already knows the answer to. You know who touched you, Jesus. And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou, Who touched me? Yeah, that's funny. The disciples like, Jesus, are you serious? There's a whole bunch of people around you. What? Why? Why? Why do you want us to figure this out? Everybody's touching you. And he looked around, round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. It's so beautiful. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he come into the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. That's hilarious. This chick was sleeping the whole time. They thought she, they all carrying on, getting all dramatic like they had a black funeral. Because you know how we get down to black funerals. And, oh, Lord, take me, don't take her, all, all that. Why, Lord, why, why? They just doing all the drama, right? Pouring out the 40 ounces of whatever they had back then. They had 40 ounces back then. Anyway, just pouring out the liquor, all that, and doing whatever else they doing. And she was asleep the whole time. Wild. Um, what's crazy is this, on the way to Jesus healing this girl, that's when that woman got healed. It's interesting. 
when we're walking in our purpose and doing what God called us to do, there's people that are going to get healed along the way. All right, let's keep going. Verse 40, and they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father. And they laughed at him. How y'all going to laugh at Jesus? He put them all out with all the unbelief. Anyway, but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumai, how you say that? Or Talitha Kumi, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Now, this is wild. There's so much that just happened. We got like three minutes to talk. Did y'all catch that? The girl was 12 years old. How long had the woman with the issue of blood been suffering? 12 years. coincidence i think not anyways heavenly father we just thank you for this word thank you for your goodness your mercy your grace thank you for your kindness we just pray in the name of jesus help us to have great faith lord i just pray right now i pray for a miracle in my finances thank you that on the head not the tail above not beneath lender not a borrower i just rebuke the devourer these years of struggling financially lord i just break it off i pray against all debt it be cleared in jesus name pray for this more than enough bless me so i can be a blessing to others um uh, just pray god for my future wife you know who she is it'd be nice if i could meet her soon that'd be nice uh just help me to stay pure when i do meet her help us to stay pure uh protect her from all these little buzzards these little gizzards out here trying to get get with her uh and just pray for my family yeah once again pray for my my cousin james pray for a miraculous healing for him god just just pray yes lord we just look forward to the testimony of yeah he has stage four liver cancer and do yeah by the prayers of the saints lord he was healed the day this time he goes to the doctor um She'd be like, what cancer? He will live and not die. We thank you for that. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Uh, just pray for even my own health, other people dealing with all kinds of sicknesses, Lord, and diseases known and unknown. We just pray against that right now. That we, we break off this spirit of death that has been going around the world through various forms. We just break that off. We pray as uh, people experience this shaking that's happening around the earth. And this, I pray that people would draw closer to you, Lord, and not away from you. And we just thank you for, yeah, it's restore relationships, especially with me and my kids. And just, Lord, relations, God. I'm just looking forward to the day I can have relations at least one more time before I check up out here. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. All right. I'll holler at y'all later. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. 
but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, but God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name, I pray. Amen.